0: Hello and welcome back to the Creative Nonsense Podcast, we've made it all the way to episode three now. And today I'll be talking with fellow writer Josh about his recent projects and his writing process.
1: What are you reading at the moment, are you reading anything?
0: Uh, I'm supposed to actually, I'm probably gonna finish this book tonight, it's called Save Save the Cat, it's a book on screenwriting. Yeah, my uh, playwriting professor recommended it to me, but I have to turn it into the library because someone requested it Um, by tomorrow, otherwise it's overdue, so we need to finish that within the next 24 (coughs) hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't read a script book in ages, so basically what happened with me was, so I did script writing for three years, but like I only picked that because I wanted to make like uh, comedy films, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like in the style of like, like Woody Allen or like louis ck or something right uh and then like kind of a bit arty but comedy right and uh or something like uh, or a tv show like the office or curb your enthusiasm right but i didn't know and how i would do it is i'd get my friends right and i would, we would have a camera and then we would i would like uh, if i had a good idea i'd kind of outline it and then we would just go and do it but I would never like script everything out. I would just uh, have like outlines for each scene, and then uh, we would improvise. It. Like I would lay out the jokes or whatever, like funny ideas there were, but the actual dialogue and everything was just would be improvised. Um, but I couldn't. I didn't know of a degree that could cater to that. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, do I p- pick a filmmaking course? Like yeah. Uh, or like, just, like like. But then like if I did filmmaking, what if I was just filming things and I wasn't writing them? Mm -hmm. You know, what if, uh, and I didn't want, I wasn't interested in that, so I was like, okay, then maybe I could do the script writing thing, because then at least I have control of the writing bit, or or, or like, or what the thing is, what the film actually is, right? But like, up until I went to college, I hadn't, didn't really know how to write a script properly. Like, I did a little bit, like, uh, you know, in like the last year, we do, so we do college and then university. Mm -hmm. Um, College is two years and then university, you get a qualification called an A-level, and you and that is used to get into a university. So in college I did uh, film studies, philosophy and English literature and language. Um, and then I r- learned how to write a script there, kind of. And then I was going into university. Do you ever do this thing where you are constantly thinking that everyone else is better than you at this thing? Oh yeah! To be, right. <laughs> and then so you panic a little bit cuz you're like I'm about to go to university to do a script writing course and I don't really know how to write a script I've written one script right in my life right so then what you do is like you like research and you like you watch as many films as possible and and like you you work like and what work and then you finally go to university and then uh, uh you find out that that they're less prepared than you are <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like what what's going on? I don't, that's what happened with me that I was worried that I'd be like, they would all look at me like, who let this guy in, right? Um, but then I just found out it was just me being paranoid, you know? That's, <laughs> what was that like with you?
0: That's definitely how I felt about like my playwriting and my um, poetry class. Like, because I was going into like a poetry workshop with like, I, I didn't really know until like I signed up it's like this like famous like poet and then I was like cool I don't know who they are and then like a bunch of like other stuff that like we've read I'm like I don't know who these people are and it's like you're all just kind of writing and like some people yeah. are like literally some people have like no intention to like do writing for like the rest of their lives some people are just taking poetry workshop to be like um, one of my friends, Isabella, she's going to like, med school, so like, it, it's so weird that she's just like, yeah, I'm just writing poetry, but like, I'm studying physics and biology like, everywhere else, so like, oh, she I'm has brutal. no idea about like, all this other stuff, and then in my playwriting class, pretty much everyone was just taking it as like, a fun class, and so like, only, probably like, three or four people, like, were really into like, theater and playwriting and stuff, so it was interesting.
1: Yeah. With poetry like I, I, the one thing that I was confident with was uh, I know what I like comedically, mm. and I know how to do it, right. And I, I'm one of those I'm I'm one of those annoying people that like uh, I don't like uh, I don't revise. I wouldn't revise for exams, right? And then I would just um, happen to ace it on the day, mm. and that really angers my my friend of mine. Uh, he's one of these people that is like revises it, would revise every day you know for an exam and then do good and then I'll be like oh uh, Josh if you uh revised and I'm like oh, you know not really but uh, and then I would manage to do okay so like for like my dissertation I did it the night before it was due in. oh my god <laughs> uh, because I, but because I, I it's like I shouldn't abuse it but I I'm, I tend to be able to like um if I know what I'm writing, I can write like a load, like a load in one go. I, I, I don't like a, uh, I can write really quickly um, and a lot um, in a short, spe- kind of a short space of time, and, and it won't need much editing. Um, which, yeah, which is, and I'm always worried that there'll be a day that like that won't happen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, <laughs> what do I do now? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so like when I was doing my script writing course, uh, there was came a point where I was kind of bored with scripting things and i was also aware that if you wanted to do, be a script writer you would have to rely on all these kind of overheads or like external factors that would prevent you from being able to do it mm-hmm. like you need actors you need a crew you know, you need production and all this thing and i was like what if i and you need a budget and i'm like what if i don't have any money <laughs> to make anything so like I don't, I, so it, it occurred to me that I needed to write in a way where I, it, it, the writing was it, you know, it was the only thing necessary, mm-hmm. so uh, when I was younger, I used to write stories, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll start writing short stories, and um, if I don't have an idea for a story, I'll try and do poetry, because I always think, I don't know if it's with you, but I always find poetry is like... Um, You don't have to have like an idea, an idea for the poem, almost. I don't know if it's the same with you, but I always... I can like improvise a poem, right? Mm -hmm. By just the imagery, whatever conjures, you know, whatever like images that occur to you. Whereas I think with like a short story or whatever, then...
0: You have to kind of like have something like
1: set out right. Yeah, you need like a plot and like a narrative and whatnot. I mean, sometimes you need that for a poem, but Mm -hmm. like... Not the ones that I write.
0: Uh, yeah, which are
1: just normally like trying to encapsulate a vibe or an atmosphere yeah. in the shortest way possible. <laughs> okay, in the most that's most I write too. Words. So
0: it's good to know that like other people are like I'm, I'm writing to like a feeling and like that's yeah. all I really have. And I'm just yeah exactly.
1: Like I always around. I always equate poems to like um like stock cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. ways. Interesting. To me, to me, like um. You're not using like many ands and ands yeah, and vers, whatever. It, it seems it's very like it's just each like word like each sentence is very condensed. So like there's no fat on it. There's no flab. <laughs> it's as like tight as possible. So so you're trying to get get as much from each line as possible using the fewest words. I always find that's, how, well, that's what why I'm doing so like yeah so it's kind of just really it's almost like you try to make a sauce and you've reduced it down until it's like a thick <laughs> syrup of intense flavor if you know what i mean Yeah. Is that a stupid analogy i mean I just know.
0: hearing you mention it all in like that way and because you mentioned like woody allen movies earlier and because yeah. you're talking about like getting down to like the thick core of it. Like, I'm thinking about Gertrude yeah. Stein now, and like,
1: um, oh, yeah, what is yeah. it, Midnight
0: of Paris, and so like, yeah, now I'm yeah. just thinking about like, all of her writing.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't actually read any of Gertrude Stein. But it's, like, uh, it's an experience. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, The only thing I read that related to her was, I read uh, Ernest Hemingway's A Moveable Feast, which was <laughs> like a diary, all that he kept, chronicling his time in the 20s, in Paris. And then like, he meets all these people. He's not a nice guy really in a semi he's a bit he's a, a nice way would say he's a bit of a grouch right <laughs> and like he's kind of a bit dismissive of Gertrude stein and a bit rude about her mm. and it's like oh that's, she was quite nice in the midnight in paris and so i don't know yeah. why he's being quite me uh well that's what i did with my like final year of university was you get like student your student loan right mm. most students in my year would Spend like nearly all of it on like gigs and stuff. Oh my god, to see people, right? And I didn't because I don't, I'm not into it. So uh, I had x ex- this excess money at the end of the, the university, but instead of like saving it like a sensible, sensible person, I kind of did another sensible thing, which was, um, I was like I need to invest it in something, not business, like but like a something that will be good for development. So I went online and looked up like the hundred most critically acclaimed novels of the past hundred years and I went into a bookshop and I bought like 300 quid's worth of Dang. books. <laughs> so like I'm still going through them, I still haven't finished all of them. You know like things like Great Gatsby, well mm-hmm. I've got all of us, Scott Fitzgerald books, I've got a couple of Hemingway's, you know things like Huckleberry Finn and Catch-22, uh... Like Sylvia Plath, you know George Orwell, George all, all George Orwell books now, which is good because, yeah, and I'm just plowing my way through that. <laughs> That's cool.
0: There's so many things that like I realize in like all of my novel classes with like all the English majors is like all these things that like I haven't read before that are like considered classics. Yeah. Like there's just so many of them.
1: I watched uh, your, other, your other podcast mm-hmm. where you were talking about your f- series that you film, mm. right, and you were saying how because of the wi-fi there's only one room that gets good audio. Yeah. Right? Um, it made me, I've noted it down here, it made me think of uh, a subject which is like, uh, so you've been writing scripts, right? Is mm. it for plays or for a film, or for films, right? Is it ju- or is it just for plays that you're doing?
0: I'm writing everything.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna film any of them?
0: I'm probably gonna film my play because I decided with my playwriting professor that it's kind of like a weird multimedia thing that would like probably happen on a stage but would be filmed on location. So it's like, yeah, it's more of a short film.
1: Yeah, because like, so like I remember when we did film studies, we had to make a film for our final project, and. I was like really hyper aware of like the concept of a student film, mm-hmm. <laughs> in that it's you. Do you know what I mean? As in, it's used like in the industry as like a slur, right?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like someone turns a off a their alarm film.
1: clock in the morning. Like that's always like the first yeah. thing. Like everyone,
0: yeah, right. Everyone does that. Even I do that. In, like a lot <laughs> and of <it's> videos, really <laughs> and it,
1: and it, right? So it looks like, uh, yeah, and like you know, and I was like really hyper aware of that, right? But the thing is, is that what i would make would always look like a student film because i don't have a very good camera Mm -hmm. right and i'm using my friends who don't act right (laughs) um so i was like so how do i make it a student film but it's not rubbish right uh so what i did was i thought i can make a parody of a student film
0: interesting right
1: and then that way i've nailed the look (laughs) right so what i did is i did a film where i made the most pretentious student film in the world because all student films uh, when when i was at college was they were they were always in black and white because it's more arty uh it's about suicide or drug abuse or rape or 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 mental health issues um but like oh uh, and alcoholism as well drug abuse and it's all crammed in... And it's, all crammed. It's, it's one or multiple, of them. So I made like an art film where it was like... So it's
0: like, it sounds like an art episode of Skins, which is really interesting.
1: <laughs> so like, I, so I did like a black and white film where it was not in chronological order, it was in black and white, it was about suicide and murder and, and everything, right? And I also put like, um, avant-garde music in the background, I put Revolution 9 by the Beatles in the background so it's just like a a a music collage collage of sounds and weird tape loops and stuff and I even put thin at the end of it in loopy writing (laughs) right um but then it cuts to me and my friend watching it on tv and me trying to get his opinion on it and he starts like breaking it down he starts going why is it black and white I went everyone knows that if the film's black and white or automatically makes it great (laughs) you know and and like I'd be arguing with him and what uh, was great about that was, um, it, I entered it in a film competition and it got in. And so we were sat in this theater and they showed like 10 student films. Mm-hmm. All of them were exactly what I was making fun of. Oh
0: my God. Right?
1: <laughs> and then my film was the last one to be shown. That's incredible. So it showed the, it showed the, art, it showed the art film. They applauded because they thought it was sincere. And then it cut to basically me at like, and my friends, like, me trying to act as if I'm a genius, and my friends going, what? No, what was, like, th- not every film has to have suicide in it. <laughs> and oh I'm my like, God. yeah, <laughs> you know. And like, and like, people were laughing, and I could tell, and there was a person behind me that was like kind of awkward because his film was the one before mine, and his film was exactly that. Uh, yeah, uh, that was really enjoyable. But it made me think about the point of um utilizing mistakes Uh in um, if you find that you have a limitation with something um, sometimes you can use that as an advantage in a weird way Um, so for example uh, there's a film called If by Lindsay Anderson and halfway through the film everything goes black and white Uh and people always analyze it going "Oh, what could this mean maybe it's like the bureaucracy of the english uh, teaching you know uh, you know world you know because it's set in a it's set in like a private school like a really strict private school um what really happened was they ran out of money to pay for color and so it went to black and white uh, but it gave but it made people think oh this is really interesting artistic choice they've done here you know um is there anything in a situation like that where you've like exploited like a Exploited something like was initially a problem, but then you're like, why don't we just make that deliberate? <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think. You know? I mean, just the fact that like I've I'm not a good actor, and so in my the whole point of like my series is like in my web series I try and make it like overdone because like yeah. I just know that like I'm shitty actor. Like that's that's not my skill set. Um, so. What is it? The last one that I did. Um, it has like me and my mom. My mom's like at the door, like she's like the lady who's like pointing and there's like gnomes in her backyard. And so she she just has like one really exaggerated arm, like pointing to like go over there and like I'm just like, Okay, ma'am and then I like run <laughs> off and I like do it like really just like bad and like I've accepted that so
1: But I don't think it's I think that like uh there's there's certain people that are like acting the shit out of a scene right but i kind of sometimes i'm like looking at that and i'm saying i don't buy it because they're acting like an actor yeah right i don't buy them as like a person i think they're doing lots of actory things it's kind of like my thought with anime i'm not into anime but like i'll watch an anime thing and i'm like this is really anime this is they're animating the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. oh, this
0: is everything I've ever seen in an anime, and it's yeah, all of exactly. this one. Yeah.
1: Th- they've hit the and cherry blossoms.
0: We've got a beach episode. It's not even episode <laughs> ten yet.
1: Like, that's. But so like that's why I can't always immerse myself in it because like I'm too self-aware of how, what it the concept of it is. Um. Yeah. So, so I can't act really, but I can in the sense that like I just. Act like myself when mm-hmm. I'm doing a scene, so it's like really and it's really naturalistic and stuff. Um, but whereas, like when I did drama in the uh, secondary school, that everyone in there were were like girls that wanted to be in theatre, I wanted to be in musicals. Mm-hmm. So they would like walk on their tiptoes and like <laughs> for no reason walk off to the corners of the stage, like looking off into the distance and doing that. You know, lots of that. And I, so weird. and I, yeah, it's re- I was always like, what. And I was always just like this. Yeah, you're right, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do I'll <laughs> just like talk like me. Um because so, my my always my thing that I'm always fascinated with when doing scripts or films or stuff is realism. I want it to be I want it to be like as though it were a documentary but it's not a documentary, you know? And there's no interviews, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I think it's the most like have you oh, I I recommended drinking buddies and like that's exactly what I mean. That's the kind of type of film that I would like to make, um, because it's a kind of it's improvised and and you just it's up you know it's utterly believable you know, mm-hmm. and then you kind of forget you're watching a film kind of thing you know when that happens. Talk about like when you said uh, utilizing mistakes, when you said that oh I'm not a very good actor so like I try and ham it up, you know so it's like fine. Um, I'm a huge fan of this uh, comedy. Uh, in England that was only on for one series it was called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place Mm -hmm. and to explain it, what it was was it was about a guy who thinks he's a genius who said that he wrote a series that was so like out there, so experimental so amazing that the broadcasting company wouldn't dare show it it would revolutionise the society whatever And he goes, but now, like, ten years later or whatever, I can now show it to you. It was was a series in the 90s, and he's talking about a series that he wrote in the 80s, right? And he went, right, but now I can show it to you, right? So then he shows it to you, and it's just like a really shit, low-budget, right? (laughs) Like, corny hospital drama, Mm -hmm. but with, like, supernatural, like, Stephen King elements to it. Interesting. Right? And all the acting is bad. There's editing errors everywhere. Do you know the IT crowd? Um, uh, yes. You know, you know Richard Iowady, who plays Moss. Mm-hmm. He's in it, right? And uh, yeah, and but like obviously the thing is, is that it's deli- it's all deliberately bad for comedy, you know, comedic purposes. The um, way they're trying to parody kind of like low budget like 80s dramas, soap like soap operas and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the point with that is. Any mistakes that happen in it make it good, because it's supposed to be bad. Yeah. So I always think. So like, whenever I try and make something, I'm, I I because I'm scared to write and do something sincere. I always go: but if I do it ironically, then if it's bad, it's deliberate. Do you know I me? Mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I would often make like films or comedies about a person that thinks he's great but he isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I I did a film called Comedy Group, which was about a comedy group that convinced they were going to be, like, the next Monty Python. But clearly, like, aren't. And the mock Convention was, like, following them, like... So, obviously, the whole point of that is, if we're not funny in it, that's the point. You know? But I don't know if that's cowardice or not. Is that cowardice? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I write, um... One thing that I've
0: realized recently um, because someone described uh, the play that I just wrote this semester as a slice of a life anime because it's very much like just like normal things are happening to like normal people and this is like a happy part of like a usually like a life that has like turmoil and like this is like a nice like just normal piece of it and like there isn't really a huge plot line, it's just people living, and like, I like a lot of stuff that's like that. Um, well,
1: is like that, kind
0: of. Yeah. I, I really yeah. like that movie. I finally saw it uh, a couple yeah. months ago, and, um,
1: it's my favorite film.
0: It's really good. I need to watch it again because there are just so many things that, like, came back later that I, like, I need to rewatch it again. Um, But I really like animes and I really like, like, Korean dramas, which are things that are, like, normally, like, normal life, but, like, exaggerated and, like, weird, like... um, Like, K-dramas are, like, somewhere in between, like, telenovelas, which are, like, super exaggerated, like, Spanish uh, soap operas, and then... Um, what is it like actually like serious like normal like drama shows like there's somewhere in between there and so it's yeah. like they'll hit you in your feelings but then sometimes they'll have like this moment where someone has like a hair flip and like so everyone's in love yes. and they're just like all like <clears throat> and so like i Bio feel like my comedy idea. writing is like to that and so it's like yeah. kind of like it, these are normal life situations but then all of a sudden you'll have this moment that's just like so exaggerated but that's part of this world and you're buying into it
1: uh, yeah like I when I mentioned was I mentioned if doing the black and white thing. Mm-hmm. There's another example I just thought of, which was in The Godfather. Um, there's a scene right at the beginning of the film. There's like a wedding like going on, right at the Godfather's house. And during the wedding, people are going to the Godfather in his office to ask for a favour. You know. You know, was it what my daughter was walking through an alleyway and she got hassled? Can you sort it out? And then he goes, Yeah, okay, whatever. Well, there's this man called Luca Brasi who he's there's shots of him like reading a script, right? Of like practicing his lines to say to the Don, right? Because mm-hmm. he wants to make a good impression, right? Uh, and then it goes to uh, him talking to the Godfather, and he's like stuttering over his words and everything. And I was like, I ask a scene. It didn't. I didn't find out until recently. That that was the actor rehearsing his lines, <laughs> right? Because he was rub- rubbish at remembering the lines, and him stuttering over his words was him genuinely forgetting the words.
0: Oh, dang! But That's the director effect, included though. it in it.
1: Yeah. So the director was like, "What if it's the cat? What if it's the character who wants to make a good impression and he's trying to learn the lines and, he- and he's nervous?" So they included that in the film. Which I thought, that's a great that's that's a that's genius. That really but is You know. Yeah, so I try and do that like as much as possible when I find there's a limitation, I'm like could we utilize this to our best ability, you know, like could this could be an advantage.
0: I've heard a lot about that usually in like emotional scenes in movies like sometimes they really will just like do it for the first time like on film like instead of rehearsing yeah. something so that they will have like a genuine reaction from something or they won't tell one actor about something that's supposed to scare them or something that's supposed to surprise them so it's like a genuine reaction when it happens. Uh, yeah. And then sometimes it really freaks them out or they really start crying and those are interesting times.
1: <laughs> exactly Yeah. Yeah. So, who would you say, either like with poems or or like scripts or whatever, what who, who or like in general, who would you say are your biggest influences?
0: Um, hmm. I mean, I'm gonna have to go to my nerdy internet core as to where I began. Uh, I have to say, like Wang Fu Productions on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen their videos before, um, but they are very much like. My style is very much from that and a lot of like, just like old YouTube stuff. But um, they have a lot of shorts that are like these like pretty like romantic things that have like this narration, which is also like the narrative style that I do and like the filming style that I do. I feel like a lot of it is like from that. Um, And like Michael Aranda's videos are like kind of, I always see everything before I write it. So I feel like I'm more influenced by Videos than I am by like writers necessarily.
1: alright oh, yeah. That's tr- I always think about that. Where like, because I don't I don't read that much poetry. Um, so like, mostly poems will be influenced by a scene in a film, mm-hmm. or or like even like a, like the uh, the atmosphere of a video game that I like, or something. And I don't know whether it's like I don't know if it's is it fine is it, is it as legitimate as being influenced by other poems
0: or i don't I mean, know poetry can be anything you could be influenced by like random stuff and the like uh there's cuz uh gertrude stein has a whole bunch of poems that are about like household objects so it's like they're right. literally about like buttons or like a pitcher a, in a glass pitcher and it's just like they're literally just that because a yeah. lot of her poems are like to the core of it which is really just like a pen is a pen is a pen is a pen is, a pen, is, a pen, is a pen is basically like what something would say like it is it is the thing and that is it
1: which is weird. Um, You're way more organized though with making stuff than me. Like I'm like, like I? I like yeah. So like like you literally like When you're like, right, I'm I'm, I'm working on this project, here's a mood board, and here's the soundtrack I'm listening to. I'm like, what? A fucking mood board? I'm not doing that shit. I I do mood boards when I'm like trying to like, I like, because I get the
0: vibe in my head, and I'm like, I'm trying to like, see it more, because it's like, it's up there, and sometimes I like, I want it in front of me so I can be like, this is the physical thing that I haven't written yet, and I want that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, my process, <laughs> right? right? I can only I can only say process like that. Um, is like, it's a mess. In comparison to your, I mean like why do it's like <laughs> I, I, I like have an idea, and then I let kind of why I say I like like let it stew in my head, right? And and like um, because like I will have that like running in the back of my head. And I just get get on with whatever, and then naturally, like I get more ideas that can be added to it, and it kind of develops more. And I let it do that until like I really need to write it now, right? And then, then I'll like pull an all-nighter and write as much as I can, like a, what I call like a splurge, you know, like of unedited nonsense, <laughs> right? And then. Either like I, I'm bored of the idea now, and then I just ignore it, or like I then just like chip away at whatever I've written until it's some semblance or something. But like I wouldn't recommend that system for like for anyone. That's actually like what a lot of people
0: say that they do. Like I think my playwriting professor pretty much said something very similar that she's like you should always be working on like three things like one thing should be like an almost finished thing one thing should be a new idea and one thing should be something that you're like part way through it's like you always have like those ideas that you're just kind of like turning through all the time um and like my incubation period is like ridiculously long amounts of time the play that i just wrote and the play that i'm just starting are ideas that i had sophomore year of high school so i mean that's ridiculous
1: On the exact opposite. Like, Like.
0: I have had these ideas forever, and like, I just finally got to a point where I'm like, oh, this is what I should probably do with this. Like, I've just had like scraps of paper and like doodles of like, oh, that that would be a good idea one day. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but there was something. Yeah.
1: And so, like, now I'll find
0: a scrap of paper with like song lyrics on it, like a doodle and like yeah. that's that's also like how i write down ideas is like i have a post-it and all these like illegible scribbles and i'll find them years later and i'll be like oh that idea <laughs> and i'll go yeah, with
1: that That's <laughs> that sometimes backfires so like i write it on my phone right
0: yeah same
1: uh <laughs> and uh i will try and almost like the poem thing i'll try and boil the concept down to like just key phrases
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then ho- hopefully it will trigger something when i read it but then sometimes, like I've not looked at that note for like a year.
0: I look at know it, what it and means?
1: it's pure nonsense. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, like uh, to this day, I keep it because it's just fun. It makes me laugh when I read it. I'm like, what am I? Like there'll be sometimes where like I've woken up from a dream. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a really good idea. And I've just like half like awake, and typed it in my phone. And then, like a week later, I look at it and I'm like, "What am I going on about? Like that makes no sense." There was another moment in one of your podcasts where you were talking about, uh, I think, I don't think, also when you mentioned it in, on Twitter to, um, at one point, where um, when you're writing dialogue, um, you are concerned if it's just basically two clones of yourself talking to each other. Yes. Right. <laughs> Um, and it's difficult to know like well yeah, it's difficult to gauge whether like this is a separate person mm-hmm. to you. Um, i I always think that like uh I always find it interesting with writers that they um have the, they have like a really useful uh thing called dialectics, right, which is basically a thing we learnt in philosophy well I didn't it where um you know when people argue normally it's one person is uh, has an opinion and they're angry that the other person doesn't agree with them mm. right and the same is the same for the other person and then when they talk to each other they are just angry at, with each other right and nothing useful comes out of it and then they walk away having disliking each other more than they did when they first started talking um but then, like, what we would do in uh, philosophy would do a dialectical discussion where I have an opinion, but I have no issue with being wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I'm wrong, it will be a good thing because I've learned something new. Right. And the other person goes, same. And then what you do is you just up, you compare ideas and use reason and logic until you, you normally come out of it having, you know, wiser, being wiser, now, like, after it because you've learned the other person's argument more or you've learned that you're wrong in which case you now know something new or you found out the other person was wrong and you're right, in which case you understand the other person's argument more than you did. So you can now use that to talk to to talk to future people that also have that opinion because mm. now you understand that mindset better, right? That is, uh, with writing, you're forced to do that anyway because what you're doing is, do you, have you ever written a scene where there's two characters that think two different things and they're debating each other or arguing or disagreeing about something. Mm-hmm. One person has an opinion the other person disagrees. Let's say you have a scene where there's like a romantic interest of like a boy and a girl or whatever, um, they, they're getting along but then there's a moment where one of them thinks that they're, they're arguing about who should pay on a date, on a first date, right? Uh, one person will think one thing one person will think another thing now one of those opinions will be your opinion right but you want the dialogue to be realistic right uh-huh. so i i find it funny where in films or shows where clearly the writer you know what the opinion of the writer the writer is because they give all the best arguments to the <laughs> person conveying his opinion and they make the other person like sound like they're dumb or like they, they the other person doesn't argue that well and then the person who was expressing his opinion wins <laughs> right uh so in order to be a good writer you kind of have to understand alternate points of view do you know what i mean um like you you have to, you you have to you have to learn the other person's argument so well that you could theoretically argue for that position if you wanted to, right, and yeah, so like do you ever struggle with this like I always think that's a useful method for like doing interest realistic dialogue because two people are conveying two different points of view mm-hmm. as authentically as each other, you know
0: yeah i'm thinking i'm like that's more for like my web series i think when like that has happened is like i'm trying to like make sure that like the conflict between them is like a normal thing that like roommates would have with each other like that is like a conflict that would happen between people i think yeah i think those work out more than like my play it's like their friends and the things that they argue about are like things like he can't make sandwiches like you're, he's bad at cooking clearly and then he's like i am good at cooking i put three slices of cheese in there and those are like dumb things that are in my writing like
1: i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no i like i always find that um before i used to write things i assumed that the most difficult thing about writing were the details Mm -hmm. doing of like you know when you watch a film or something you're like how did they come up with that building or how like this characteristic how did they come up with that but i think actually details are the easiest things yeah that actually the hardest thing is coming up with the plot (laughs) because i know that uh what is it
0: my last play I made a whole page of things like that I wanted to be in there mostly just for like aesthetic reasons but then it's like what are you actually writing about and it was like yeah wow.
1: exactly exactly because <laughs> cause, cause, cause the reason why is because those you can come up with those ideas whenever you want because they can be applicable to anything you know like like the concept of oh a character who like um I don't know who's very vain and um, is clinging on to their youth and looks right um but like they 're kind of they 're kind of old and uh and like so you can visualize what they wear and stuff you can just store that character away and use it for whenever you want you know because <clears throat> it won 't be out of place regardless of where you pull it mm. it doesn 't matter what story you have that character could be in that story like easily um so like I I you kind of that's the only thing I kind of store I suppose is just details or lines or phrases that a turn of phrase that somebody said right and I'm like oh that would be a good line you know in in whatever but then yeah the, the most difficult thing that I just go the, the thing that takes the longest to come up with is a, yeah a plot you know <laughs> like an actual story yeah actual story you know uh and then after you've got that there's certain you can fill in bit fill it you know the beginning and the end with things that need to happen anyway. I, I would say that it's easy to come up with scenes when you've established a beginning and an end. True. Right. Because then you're like, oh well, then this kind of writes itself to an extent, a little bit, you know. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I mean, you can go you can go mental with it and <laughs> do whatever, but like when you're like when it's it's a relief when you come up with a beginning and an end because then it's like oh i've got something to work towards here whereas sometimes most of the time i just come up with um i have like just i don't even have characters or a setting or (laughs) a plot all i have is like a general vibe that i want to encapsulate and then but like i won't i'll stew on that for like ages and nothing will come to my head so then sometimes I'll just start writing whatever and then it will kind of start creating itself if you know what I mean yeah I mean do you ever I, do that
0: yeah like I kind of feel that with um what is it more of my books because I haven't really written like anything that's like a long like screenplay type thing that would be like a full like long story um what is it but like the books that like I've written is like they're very much like they're more like character based and like emotional drive like happens throughout it like it's the way that the people change throughout it instead of like these big events happen necessarily it's like emotions change um what is it so a lot of mine are like i have this feeling i want these people to feel these things at like different points and for it to end up here but then it's like where am i going to put these people what's going to happen to these people
1: so you seem to start with the characters first because I've seen where you have like where you photographed like a thing of like character bios Mm -hmm. which I've never done in my (laughs) my life I'm not saying that's wrong I'm saying I wish I had the fortitude to do that Uh, yeah I'm just like this is how I picture
0: this person and like this is all the stuff about them that I would know but then I'm gonna be like I have to put them into places and like it feels strange
1: it's interesting I would say I, I start off normally with i normally go off of an event or situation and then the characters are just like like just ex just an extra like almost an extra i suppose mm. obviously they're it's integral but i start off with this scenario happens oh now i'll populate it with characters um just like as i said my, my most of mine my you know if i do a short story where most of mine is like um, like it's it's kind of surreal but a bit dark you know So normally it'll be like, I don't know, like I remember I did a short story about um, uh, a writer that was going to London for uh, like a publishing deal of it, and it was set in like the 20s and uh, for some reason the train, when you would go into the next cabin, you would arrive, you would appear at the beginning of the the cabin that you just left, so you couldn't leave the cabin, and so he's stuck there like for eternity, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of this, uh, you know, and, there's, and it, like, there's weird, you know, characters in there that he has to interact and, you know, and it's so like, I'll come up with the situation first and then I'll just make up the character whilst I'm writing it. Um, Interesting. Normally, like, I, I do write lots of kind of stream of consciousness stuff, you know, not, it's not always good. <laughs> but, oh, no, yeah. Do, do, you ever, <laughs> do you ever get it where you write something, you're like, that is shit art. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. And then you come back to it in a week later. You're like, I hate this. This is turd. <laughs> this is a really lot bad. of
0: my poetry, like especially ones that I have to do for like assignments, because I'm usually like, I usually put it off, or like there were a lot of times where my professor was like, yeah, you're gonna have a week to do this, but then it would really only end up being like two or three days, and like other things would come up, and it would be like, I have to print this out by like 6am and I, it's literally like 3am and i still haven't written it and i'm like shit and so then i write yeah. something really quick and then we have to go to class and workshop it and other people are reading it and they're giving me feedback and i'm like this is the worst thing i've ever written <laughs> i hate this why are you reading it
1: oh like, uh i'm so glad that's over for script writing
0: But then also I have like, I have weird poems that I've written that are like, um, what is it? Like the erasure ones that are like painted over stuff, or I have this other one that's like- Yeah, I saw um, that one
1: recently that I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I have
0: this other one that like, uh, it's supposed to be like the music getting faster as like this poem is happening. So like ideally you'd be able to hear the poem and then like the poem would be moving like on a video. Like it would be happening at the same time and the music would be like curving around it. Ideally, that's yeah. the way that I wanted it. So when I workshopped it in class, I had it to like everybody, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to read this part, but imagine that I'm reading this part at the same time, and that it gets gradually faster, and you can't hear anything.
1: <laughs> and they're like, what
0: the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> like When I was explaining that, my professor walked over, and they were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, this is how I want this to be, I want it to be like a multimedia experience. Which I've yeah. realized is most of the things that I write, I want it to be like all of the things,
1: yeah. which is interesting. That's the other thing where like you've been toying with this concept for a while in your head, so you've know, you know every nook and cranny of it, but like, you, oh that's the other thing, <laughs> is, um, is that like, let's say you're, when I, I would be doing a script or something, and there'll be a twist at the end of it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, that I've hinted towards throughout it, I have no clue and no way of judging how obvious it is or not, right? as in I'll think this is the most obvious thing in the world. They will see this coming from a mile away, right And then somebody I'll hand it someone to read, right And then they're like, all right, then how, where did you hint about that? when are you kidding? In, chat, in in chat was it in this scene he like winked right and then, and then he wore this t-shirt in the fourth scene. Come on guys. <laughs> like, wake up sheeple. Um, oh, that's, yeah. that's so uh, me in my
0: poetry because I'm like when I try to explain it to people I'm like you can't see some people are like oh I read everything and they like think that like they like their idea of it being like all like disconnected things is very interesting to me yeah. and I'm like they're all these ones are about these people and these ones are about these people and these ones are about these things can't can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like I thought I yeah, was I being really obvious and apparently not. So <laughs>
1: I I often take for granted that the person hasn't been in my head when I when they read my thing that mm-hmm. that I'm assuming they understand all of my references and all my thought process for it. So sometimes, how do you take care of that? Like as you said, when uh. with your poem when they read it they don't know your baggage yeah right?
0: <laughs> which is interesting um what is it my poetry professor last semester actually talked about this like you can write assuming that they know everything because like otherwise you're going to spell it out for them if you do it yeah. any other way and like that's worse if you're like trying to like be obvious about like it's about this thing like I'm directly addressing this thing, you should pick up on this. Um, But that it's better to make it these subtle things so that even if like no one gets it they just like oh like that sounds nice or like they really like this image or something. But then like maybe like one person will like get the same feeling and like you just gotta throw it out there and like someone will feel something.
1: (laughs) What do you think of uh, poets that like uh they do they do this thing where they're like uh, well let's say let's say oh as an example um this is America childish Gambino, right right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen mm-hmm. it yet? Yeah. Have you seen that music yes. yet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean who hasn't but <laughs> it's like it's like I think like a hundred million or something people
0: It, it so. was crazy.
1: I just watched the stats yeah. go up over the few days. <laughs> yeah really good. So like what's really interesting is people analysing the shit out of it, right? Mm um uh sometimes there's an annoying thing that people do when they've made a video or a film or something that i find annoying where where people go oh uh, lots of people speculate what this and that means like can you tell us what it means and then the poet goes it means whatever you want it to mean right i think they're lying i always think they're lying (laughs) in fact i know they're lying (laughs) like because you it's like, I, I
0: meant one thing,
1: but it, it's okay if like you don't read it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, I'm like, no there's objectively a meaning behind this, yes. that I intentionally put it. Um, You saying, oh it's about this, and then it kind of, but then you read it back and you, it fits to what they're saying. Then it's like, oh that's cool, but I didn't mean it to be like that, so... Mm. I'm not a genius. Uh, I just did one, I was gaming at one thing and just by chance it happened to fit your thing. So don't think that I like, I'm this all-seeing person that's managed to make all the things fit for everyone. <laughs> like, I, and that's the other thing, is, you're really into music, right? Because mm-hmm. I always see that like when you write stuff, you always have a song or multitude of songs in mind when you write it. Like, would you say music influences you the most when writing stuff?
0: Uh, yeah, because I'm always trying to, like, figure out what I, like, um, what is it? Usually when I write, like, a chapter of something or, like, a scene, I'll, like, put one song on, like, repeat over and over again because I'm, like, this song is the feeling that I'm going for, and so I'll just, like, loop it forever. Like, I have, um, a chapter of one of my books that I wrote entirely to the song Yellow Light by, um, of Monsters and Men, and, um,
1: right. what is I've only heard of the band, but I've not... And listen to their music.
0: Like. Yeah, I listened to that one song for I trying to remember, I think it was like three hours while I wrote a chapter and so I just looped it in my bedroom at like three AM and I was just like there listening and writing and so like a lot of times like I'll just listen to something constantly if I'm trying to like get that feeling out. Um but yeah. I can't
1: write while music is I can't write when music is on. I I, I always try to
0: describe it to people because I think my mind is just like always in like two separate places, so one of me is like trying to like focus on something, and one of me is trying to get distracted, so if I can distract the part that gets distracted with music, then this part can write something.
1: That's interesting. I, I I think
0: that's how my brain works, like I can make one part focus on something else and this part can do something, so.
1: Yeah, I think I can listen to like instrumental things, but not things with lyrics when I'm writing. I don't know why, maybe, like, yeah, it just puts me off. Um, I am always interested by, like, TV shows or films which take place in one place.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
1: well, there's an episode of Doctor Who, of David Tennant, called Midnight, where it's basically he's on a planet, uh, like a spa planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right, and he is being given a tour in, like, a little ship that's travelling across the surface of the planet and every- and nothing can live outside of the ship like it's like the sun's too powerful or something
0: I'm trying to remember this episode <laughs>
1: yeah like and the, as though know, nothing lives out there anyway at some point um, it, their ship breaks down and they're stuck and something outside is knocking on the, on the okay. side of the ship okay, I remember right.
0: now
1: <laughs> yeah and then one of the women woman gets possessed and she starts repeating what everyone's saying Right? Um, Like, initially, she's just repeating, and then she's saying what she's saying in sync with the person. Right? That's a really good episode that I really mm-hmm. like. Because it's really minimalistic. It's an interesting concept, because it's all in one place. It captures the idea of, like, cabin fever really well. It's interesting, because nothing's solved at the end of it. Normally, the um. Doctor, like, wins. But he leaves it not knowing what that person was or what entity it was or like anything but what's really interesting about that is that somebody online on YouTube because uh, it's set in one scene in one location in one room um, they realized you could make it into a play like a stage play oh so there's on YouTube there's a I don't know if it's still there I haven't checked in ages but there's a like a live performance of that episode not by the people that like but just by other actors, not mm-hmm. like, um, they were telling them what they were. So it was actually really impressive listening to that sequence where the woman and the doctor are saying the same things in sync with each other.
0: Ooh, that, that sounds cool, because it sounds creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like obviously they had to learn, because obviously how they filmed that was they could set, you know, they could, they could record it two different times and then merge it, whereas obviously on, on stage you, you have to do it live and perform all of it. Um, like, there's a Seinfeld episode, isn't there, where they're stuck in a Chinese restaurant and it's set in the Chinese restaurant because they're waiting for a table. Uh, I, I just, I, I really like, um, like, what you were saying in the podcast um, about like a, he was talking about a study room that he's doing a film yes. about they're stuck in a study room. And I thought that was interesting, that reminded me of that, that I always, I think always an interesting thing to do is what if these people are stuck in the room? Mm. Yeah. I've always been interested in writing something like that or a short film which is stuck in one place. I
0: mean you would be set for playwriting because that's a minimalistic play that doesn't need much yeah. set. You set it in one place and you just do the whole thing.
1: I suppose the only reason that I, don't, that I don't write plays because I always I'm like I don't watch plays really mm-hmm. so I, and I feel like why Like, if I was writing a play, I just instantly think, why can't this be for a film? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but I feel like a lot of them can go back and forth, but then I also like merge all of them into one thing, I'm like, this is a play-poem-film.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's the other question I was going to ask you is, um, do you, like, kind of um, delegate in your mind what mindset you have to be for specific mediums? Like, Uh... do you go, oh, that is a poem idea? no no this one's a play
0: idea I usually, I usually think that I'm in like one mode but then other people will read it and they'll be like oh this reminds me of a play or they'll be like I imagine this like a movie scene and then they'll be like I might have been writing a movie scene even though this right. is a poem so it's like I feel like they just kind of bleed into each other and I'm not sure if I should try and separate them or not right now they're all just kind of mixing more and more as I take more classes for all of them
1: Because I haven't written a script in like a while, like ages, because I've been mainly writing essays, um, and like bits of poetry, and I feel like if you went, Josh you need to write a script now, I wouldn't know where to start, and it would take me ages to acclimatise to it. Like I almost have to tell my brain, right, you're in script writing mode now, and then like automatically my brain will kind of absorb like script writing ideas over like the weeks. Or months or whatever and then I can then start writing scripts um, which is kind of weird because you'd think that like it wouldn't matter like you would think that kind of any idea is applicable to any medium mm. but to me I'm always like I have to like gear myself up to a particular medium in order to start doing it and it even prevents me from coming up with ideas like I have no script ideas none Um, But then when I was doing script writing, I had no short story ideas. I only had script ideas, which is weird.
0: I think that's like a normal thing to happen though. I think the only reason why I've been able to like switch between them is because I was forced to for classes.
1: Because you're writing or you're doing all of them at the same time. Yeah.
0: So it's like, I feel like that's the only kind of advantage I have right now is like, I wouldn't have that otherwise I wouldn't be able to like switch between and like blur the lines between them if i was like oh i don't have any reason to be doing these at the same time so i have to like force myself now that i don't have any of them during like summer and like i won't have playwriting in fall so i have to like force myself to like stay with those so that i don't lose it and like put it to the back burner forever so Um, i just just
1: don't like the lack of control of what my brain's doing (laughs) like because i'm like because I I used to think that like you know when they say in order to get better writing you need to read more mm-hmm. right I used to think that meant when you're reading it you have to simultaneously analyse what the author's doing whilst you're reading it right like like an active thing mm-hmm. but then I realised no what you do is you read books just reading them and your brain kind of automatically learns techniques without you realising. Yep. And you, yeah, <laughs> that took me ages to work
0: out. It, it's so weird because it's like watching movies and like watching videos and like, um, what is it, like just reading books, like, I notice a lot of things in like films, like not just like things that I think are like obvious, but I'll like talk about them to like my mom or I'll be like talking about like, oh, like these shots and like this thing and like, um, there are things that like go like completely over her head with like artistic things about it that like, are like immediately like I've just watched a lot of stuff and like these are the things that I pick up on Yeah. and same things in like writing like if I've read like certain things I'll like pick up on like certain things in it and it's like you don't you don't realize it but it's all in there somewhere
1: yeah yeah like I didn't ever learn about like camera work or editing but like um I had seen enough like films and things that when I made some films I kind of I automatically knew what to do mm. I suppose but I just didn't know the terminology
0: Yeah it's like you just make this kind of cut and then you do like this kind of like fade thing into the next one and like you just you slow it down slightly
1: <laughs> Yeah and then they would say oh you mean a jet cut and you're like or oh, oh, I don't know I just made that up and you're like yeah yeah, that, that thing. I
0: have a strong <laughs> feeling that's going to be me in my editing class this summer. I'm going to be like, huh? What?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how to edit, but I my friend does, and I would just tell him how what I wanted. And I was like, oh, yeah, cut hair. Oh, yeah, cut hair. So I knew kind of I could instruct someone to do it, but I couldn't physically do it myself. Um, yeah, and, and I would always say to my friend, Oh, I'm I'm trying to get my camera to do that thing that does this effect and you do this thing And he'd go, Oh, you mean this and like, Yeah, sure, well okay, well whatever. <laughs> um, that's why I'd always feel like intimidated that's why I said earlier where before I went into university I felt like I'd be going into a room for like, a load of people that had been writing for years and I'd be like made fun of for not knowing what they were talking about but I found that everyone was in the same boat (laughs) that's like Um, especially
0: how I feel about um what is it because I'm applying to grad school this fall for like writing and like um a lot of people take a break in between like college and like going to grad school like people will like put on plays or they'll try and like publish a book or they'll like have normal lives before they decide to go and get an MFA so if I end up going there I'm going to be with people who are like published or I'm going to be with people who have like are like much older and like are going back and I'm gonna be there like hi I'm from college I make YouTube videos and yeah. I write poems on the internet and I don't know how that's gonna go
1: <laughs> over with people it's like <laughs> yeah like I, I'm always I'm always um like let's say I'll, I'll uh consider entering into a writing competition and then I'll what I'll do is I'll check you can normally check the previous year's winner their work and then sometimes I'll read it and i will go I can do this I can beat this this is trash I can I'm, I can I can do this and then sometimes I'll read like I don't know I'll read something like by Marcel Proust or Christopher Hitchens or something and I'm like I'm wasting my time <laughs> I can't I can't write that you know but then but then you realise that um, it's not necessarily about tech technical skill or it's kind of like you just write for yourself yeah so like you just all you can do is write what you like and hope there's enough people that like what you like to f- and they will flock to it and that way you're kind of bulletproof because yeah. you can't like that'd be like I don't know a rock musician lamenting the fact that he would never be as good as this jazz musician it's like yeah but well they play jazz and you play rock so what's the problem (laughs) you know you write you do your thing and they do their thing you know and then you just hope that you've got an audience
0: yeah it's like you really you really have to just be like i'm writing this thing as long as i enjoy it and at the end of the day i feel happy about it and the way that i've revised it this is my thing and i put it out into the world i think that like makes me feel better about like um what is it because a lot of my writing on, like, um, the first drafts are usually, like, the things that I put out automatically, like my poetry, which is, like, I just accept that, like, it's gonna be edited at some point in the future. This isn't perfect yet. It will never be perfect, but, like, this is a thing. And I hope people yeah. like s- some of it, maybe. <laughs> and I hope even I like some of it, maybe later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, with poetry, um, I. I the I don't feel like a poet in the sense that I kind of do it as like a thing that I'm trying out kind of thing. Um, and so at the moment I feel like when I write poetry, it's I'm I'm uh it's not coming out naturally. I'm like willing every single word of it, whereas I always get the sense that poets. It kind of naturally comes out of them and then, then they edit it like I, I don't know which way it is for you but to me i feel i i don't know why i always feel like if you if you are like actively making each word happen like consciously like mm-hmm. doing it it feels less legitimate i don't know why it shouldn't it shouldn't be it shouldn't feel that way Like, it feels like if it comes out naturally, then it's more legitimate, do you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, I think it's more of a style thing. I think that you can't really say that, like, one is better than the other. I think it's more just, like, however you write things. Because, like, sometimes I, like, really struggle trying to be, like, what do I want to say about this? Especially because, like, a lot of stuff in my workshop this semester was, like, you need to write a list poem. Figure out something to make a list about and, like, how you're gonna take that prompt and do something with it. And I'll be like, what the hell do I put in here? And then I'll like struggle to get anything down. And then I have other times where it's like, uh, the poem that I just wrote this morning was more like a dream. So I wrote it as like stream of consciousness style and kind of just like made it flow from like one thought to the other, kind of just without organization like it was. But it's just, I don't know. That one didn't really have much thought that went into it besides like punctuation, maybe a comma here, maybe I enter here and like there wasn't a bunch of like rewriting to that it's it all just depends some things you're like very focused about and um what is it my poetry professor last semester she said that she's been writing the same poem for like the past two years so it's like she's been writing like um to remember how many pages she said she was at it was ridiculous but like how many pages she's been at and she knows that she will revise it eventually and she'll stop writing it eventually, but she has not hit that point yet, and it just keeps going. That's insane. That's insane.
1: But do you ever, do you ever go, like, you write a poem that, um, it, it, it's like got- it sounds nice when you hear it in your head, but it's not about anything, yeah. and the imagery is not, not really connected to anything. Do I- I sometimes think, um, oh well, that, is that enough, or does it have to mean something, or? Does no, the imagery have to make sense? that's the
0: whole thing about what language poets is about, and then like just like listening to there's a whole sound poetry thing it doesn't yeah. have to be anything
1: uh, yeah, i suppose and then because like, then uh, and then I'll write something which I'm actively trying to convey something, but um it doesn't flow as well as the other ones um, yeah and i and I kind of. Yeah, I don't don't know, I suppose, as you, it says, they're all as, they are, they are all as legitimate as one another. Um, Yeah, I don't know, I I don't know, I always have that guilt thing, where, like, I'll write something that's got good imagery and it sounds nice. Like, I think the one that I sent to you. Um, And then then I will feel guilty because I'm like, yeah, but does it mean anything? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Or am I just like, you know, I don't know, playing with words? Like, or is that enough? You know, is that like, fine? Because um, I always feel like I have to imbue it with meaning, <laughs> otherwise it's not worth anything. I don't know if that's stupid to think that. I think maybe it's stupid. I mean, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Again, it depends on what your purpose with it is. Some people are like, I want the words to be torn apart and for everything that everyone thinks that poetry is to be pushed back against, and some people are like, I want people to feel something when they read this, and I want it to be specifically this thing that they feel, or I want them to like see this exactly, and some people try and write like that, and some people just be like, I just wanna tell a story, this is how I saw the story, this is how I wrote it down.
1: And it's just, yeah, yeah everyone's. Um, but because of the way I write, because I can like write all of it in one go, that's a problem when the project is, you have to show your development Ooh. towards the final product, yeah. Right? Because I'm, I don't, I don't do because you do a thing of you make character bios and you have a mood board and you lay that all that out. Whereas I just don't do, I just don't do that. That's also because, because
0: my professors are like, you have to turn in this many pages every week, and so it's like you have yeah. to do it gradually. And so even if yeah. you do it all at once, you have to lie about it and be like,
1: this was my process for this week. And like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I felt I always feel like when. By the time I start writing something, I've already come up with everything in my head, so I don't feel the need to then do like a character bio, right? Mm-hmm. Because it would feel like all I'm doing is writing what I already know in my head. Do you do you know what I mean? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm like I'll I, I think like that's just like the opposite way that I work, so that's interesting.
1: <laughs> oh, because you, you start off. So do you formulate the character as you're doing the bios, or do you already know the bios? Uh. I I don't know
0: it depends because it's like I usually always have like a main character I'm like I want to write about this person but this person would have this story like this is who they are this is where their life has led them so far and so like we're at this like starting point we're always at like a crossroads with like my characters and it's like this person would react this way to these things and these things are going to happen so I always have like the first person and like everyone else after that I usually have to develop a bit more.
1: You even come up with, like, this character wears this style of clothing. But that's just how like, I
0: see it. What? i like, like, how I, do you know? that? Because I see it all in my head. Like, they're all in rooms in my head. The things are being played out in my head. Like, if I'm writing a scene, I'm seeing the scene. And so yeah. it's like, I see them. It's like, oh, what is she wearing? She's wearing green. She's wearing boots. Her hair is this length. And, like, that's just
1: how I see it. And so I write it down. a <laughs> funny it's funny, when we were talking about, in script writing class, when we were doing, like, character development, um, I felt like it was too on the nose, because we were, it would be like, oh, you have to come up with a character and here's, but like, all the, all the characteristics are laid out, and you would have to describe each characteristic, uh-huh. and then it would say something like, um, quirk, and you have to write down a quirk of theirs, right? Which I always thought was really superficial, like, oh, each one has to have a, oh, this guy has a limp. Uh, this guy has a mon- always wears a monocle this guy like like i always thought that was rubbish like i never understood that um was, which is why in Je- jezik i always made i I, was, I made like poke fun at that by saying like um like you hear what other characters think uh, in, in it so like i obviously i'm trying to make jezik sound like he's like a really enigmatic character when he's not but like Everything that happens to him that makes him seem enigmatic are like really like surface level stuff. Mm. So, like, um, there's so he always drinks tea in a pint glass with a straw, <laughs> right? Was the quirk I came up with him. And then when he ordered it, right, then I got like the waiter in his head to think he drinks tea with a straw out of a pint glass. What an enema- enigmatic individual. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I would get them to say that in their head um yeah like he'd be like really popular with women but the women would say why they find him attractive not quite to his face <laughs> they were like oh jessek you're so wise and interesting um <laughs> like and like things like that it's <laughs> like he's like thank you and he goes and you drink tea from the pint glass with a straw oh my god <laughs> like, yeah um
0: I'm yeah, like,
1: I'm i thinking of
0: like, i'm thinking of my characters from like my play like the most like i think like uh, i have a character jason who like he wears all black and he likes to wear like bomber jackets and he's just like that's like his usual look and it's like you see him being as like goofy and everyone like always kind of like messing with him because they think that he's just like dumb sometimes but it's like also like in the play it's clear that like the other people like they really care about their friend. They're like, "Oh, if like Jason didn't live in this house anymore, like, what would the rest
1: of us do?" Like, honestly, like yeah.
0: he holds the friend group together, even though they all kind of like poke fun at him all the time.
1: Are you worried when you write characters that the person you're writing about will know? uh Sometimes, uh, what is it? I always or think rather, that that's or rather, you feel guilty about because let's say there's a person you didn't like, you don't like, and uh-huh. you create a character. But, or, or rather, or rather, you have a friend, but there's a quality about your friend that you don't particularly like, right? Mm. Like, like you've got a friend who's who's rude to waitresses, right? Um, Suddenly, so what you do is, when you're writing the character, you're like, you think, you'll think, oh, that'll be an interesting like characteristic about this person, right? And then I can then convey some of the thoughts I've had in my head, but then use it as dialogue or as whatever. Do you ever, like, worry that, like, do you feel guilty writing it? No. That,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just write that stuff straight up, if like I base a character off of someone, it's pretty much like either them or it's like them mixed with someone else so it's like two people where they could be like hey I'm not like that and then I could be like no that part's not you that part's this person like I I put that in here (laughs) um what is it so like sometimes like I mix a lot of people together so it's like I feel like no one could really get mad because it's like this isn't all you like this is some of you and some of someone else I what
1: I normally do to make because I always feel guilty (laughs) whenever (laughs) I'm like
0: I'm like, I, I lost that somewhere along the way. I think I've made fun of my family enough in, like, journals and, like, classes and I read them out and, like, shared them with the class enough times and embarrassed my family that, like, I'm good with it
1: now. No, I feel like I can't do it. But, like, but then what I do then, if I do do it, the character that is basically me or, like, a version of me, I make them the loser or I make, or I make them the the one that's actually wrong philosophically, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, 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 um, for example, um, I'm not, not so much anymore, but I used to be quite, like, uh, what's the word, um, snobby about music, right? And what music people liked, right? So, like, if they listen to radio music, I used to, like, roll my eyes and go, you don't know music, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, when I would do, like, a story or whatever, where there's a character that's really into music and then he would talk to a person that's like into like pop music right and then i got them to argue each other i'd feel so guilty for like making the character that's kind of me the winner right in the in the argument so then i would do that thing where i would go in the mindset of a person that listens to a person listens to me saying that (laughs) and how i would feel about that and then, then like, you get to, you know, empathise with, like, with them, I suppose, like, what they would think about it. That, like, surely at the end of the day, what you like is what you like, and you can't shit on someone just because they don't like something that you like. Um, and that, you know, somebody doesn't necessarily have to, you know, a song doesn't necessarily have to be technically well made for you to enjoy it and it's just what, what you're looking for, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, so like, I always make myself feel better when I'm doing that, because I always make it so that the character that's me in it is the one that's learning, or the one that was wrong, you know. Uh, it's also always interesting trying to make it so that the opinion that you disagree with wins, and where that leads, you know. Mm.
0: I think I just got better about that because um, the first two books that like I wrote or like wrote parts of um, what is it like the characters are like more or less like very much like me and another person and like very much like true to life in like those situations and then like the most recent book I've been writing it's a lot more like um, what is it like realizing the things were like oh, like, the character that's like me would mess up here. Like, clearly this was a bad decision. Yeah. And then, like, the other person realizing, like, oh, no, I messed up in this situation. Like, the back and forth of that a lot, like, they're both shitty a lot of the time. And so it bounces yeah. back and forth. And I but think it just got lines. better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like sometimes they lose this argument because they clearly were wrong and they don't realize it until later. And then they're like, ah, uh, I... I I messed up, and then it's was like, yeah. so, there's a lot of that in that book. I'm excited for that book, I need to get back to
1: it. Well, I used to, uh, I used to roll my- mo- you know when you hear, like, um, actors, like, when they're like, oh, how did you prepare for the role, and then they go, oh, I prepared for the role by locking myself in a room for two months, and I ate nothing but ice and raisins. like <laughs> right? And you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, you roll your eyes, and they're like, uh, um. And so at the same time you when you hear like an author and they're like, uh, oh uh, through the process, my characters taught me a lot about myself. Right? And I always thought it that was like the... I was always like, yeah whatever. What do you mean you just wrote stuff? What do you mean the characters taught you? That's you. What you do, what do you mean? <laughs> but <birth? laughs> there is a little thing to that. Which is, as I said, where because of writing and because of writing different characters, you're forced to inhabit the mind of a person that you're not right mm. and convey things that you don't agree with or don't think and just by doing that you understand that mindset more right like how you know i'm i don't agree with this person but what would it feel like to be this person in this situation why do they feel the way they feel you know it can't because most people think anyone who disagrees with me is just a <laughs> um so that's the temptation but obviously, Some people have good reasons to believe what they believe, you know. Mm. And uh if you learn that, it's generally good for life, you know, to have that like process. But I found that I learned to do it by writing different characters because you have to as I said think dialectically, you know. Um yeah, I I always think that that's like a really useful like thing to do. Um, but also it's helpful in terms of reading material. Like I, you said that you read like five or six books at a time or whatever.
0: Yeah, it like, takes me forever to finish them all because I'm like partway through everything. I'm also yeah. very confused now that like I don't have
1: a book a week to read for like classes so like that's different. You have to keep that up. Yeah, so like I normally read my role is I have to read was it a fiction, like a novel? Mm. A non-fiction thing uh, like you know like a biography or like whatever and then like and uh a book of short stories um so what's the most recent thing that i um the most recent thing i read was uh a biography by jessica mitford called Hodson and rebels and basically she was a uh, a woman that was it's really interesting she was a uh, She's part of a like kind of a upper class family in uh, England during the uh, '30s, right? Um, as in, like they were in the high society, like they, like they would be invited to Buckingham Palace and stuff, right? Um, the family uh, started becoming fans of Hitler mm-hmm. during the rise of Hitler and Nazism and fascism, whereas the Jessica, the the uh, writer she hated all of that. And so when she was like sixteen she ran away from home and fought in the Civil War. Uh and it's yeah, it's about her her life, like where like and like um her relationship with her family who are like fans of Hitler. There's even one bit, one story in it, where uh before she ran away from home, her sisters who were on first name terms with Hitler were like, Oh, Jessica, darling, you must meet the Fuhrer. He's lovely, (laughs) right? You must meet him. And uh, she's they're like, um, oh, we've been invited to a like a weekend at his house in the countryside. Do you want to come along and meet him? And she was like, okay, And she had plans. This was just before the war started. She had planned to take a pistol. And then when she she had been introduced to them, she was going to kill them on site, right? But then at the last second, she decided against it and didn't go. And oh. like, like Christopher Hitchens, who talked to her years later, went, Jessica, you do not realize the, the suffering and the <laughs> hassle that you would have stopped. And she was like, Yes, it was wet of me. Yes, I shouldn't, you know, I should have, I kind of regret it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's about her life, which was uh, really, really interesting. That's and crazy. then alongside that, yeah, um, and then alongside that, I'm reading. Uh, in Search of Lost Time by Marcel Del Proust. Uh, because I heard it was the, considered the greatest novel of all time. And it's It's famous for people claiming to have read it when they haven't. Uh,
0: what is it in um? What is it in my graphic novel class this summer? We we're talking about like how you're always like saying like you're gonna read Proust, but like you die before you read Proust. Like
1: it's always like onto
0: your shelf yeah. and it's just there, and it's like that's mostly how that goes.
1: <laughs> the the most recent one of those is uh, Infinite Jest by David mm-hmm. Foster Wallace. Uh, it's such a I've meme got... at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I got I bought um I've got Infinite Jest, but uh I, which I haven't started write, uh, reading yet. But um I've um got his he wrote short stories and essays as well, so I've been re- I've read those. Um I, I like him. But like uh there's a film about David Foster Wallace, um where um he's the guy that's in um I always forget his name, uh Jason Siegel, right? Mm-hmm. He plays David Foster Wallace and uh it is about a weekend where a journalist from Rolling Stone magazine basically interviews him all the time and lives with him. And he, that's played by Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I've forgotten what it's called. It's something called The Last Tour or something. Um, it's a really good film. Um, but uh, Jason Siegel in interviews um, about the film said that for research he had to buy Infinite Jest and read it. And he said that when he handed it to the woman behind the till, the, the counter she was like ugh infinite jest Guys, every ex-boyfriend of mine in the past had an unread copy on his bookshelf <laughs> like every single one of them and he was like oh okay so yeah i've been reading Marcel Fruce because i'm determined that i'm going to read all of it good uh, luck on that <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, i'm reading a collection of short stories by Nikolai Gagol G- this russian Russian. Uh, what's really funny is Russian novels are such a meme. <laughs> I
0: know. I have <laughs> so many.
1: <laughs> like you know, like Dostoevsky, and uh, I've got was it, uh, was it, uh, Nikolai Belli, or he did a uh, Petersburg one, isn't he? But yeah, I've got some of those recently. But I love the way it's when you're reading it, and it's like, it was a cold winter, and it took my daughter, right? You're like, and it goes, and we hadn't eaten in two weeks. I'm like. Okay, well, another <laughs> Russian novel that's about the winter and poverty. Uh, <laughs> that's every Russian novel. Every Russian novel is every... like
0: death and war and the cold, and it's like. Um, it's never. It's never like
1: I went to a cocktail party and a couple of martini. No, it's, like, oh. it's
0: it's fascinating. Like reading. Um, what is it? If you put, like, <laughs> I imagine F. Scott Fitzgerald next to like Tolstoy and just like. It it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like War and Peace, Great Gatsby. Are there two yeah. things further apart from each other? Like I'm I'm not sure if there are.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I always um, yeah that, I always find that they the um. But the, the thing is, when I read them, I'm, I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to write something like that. But then when you're writing it, you feel like, uh, I'm am I just like let's say like oh yeah like that, the whole great gatsby like oh the party the cocktail parties and the and the drugs and the you know the chaos and all that oh that's like a cool thing to do but then when I start writing something like that I feel like I'm not me doing it yeah I'm I'm like I'm almost like um yeah I'm basically doing an impression of it of that sort of thing and I still don't know what my thing is do you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, When someone goes, what do you write about? I'm like, I don't know. Like, there will be ideas, just, just separate story ideas. And I write them in my own way. <laughs> I don't know what. I wouldn't know what to describe them. Not because they're so complex, but because mm. I don't know, you know what feel it is. Or... Yeah.
0: I'm like, me, I'm like, there is love. There is some nature stuff not sure how else to describe things and then um what is it i was just um i was watching a documentary about like um all of the what is it the lost generation so like everyone who was in paris like in the 20s and how um hemingway like all he could write about was like the war and it was like hella depressing and like soldiers returning home from the war and being sad yeah because he was like a nurse during the war so it's like he saw like tons of people die um and so he was like, like a
1: like, proper, like, stereotypical man's man who liked yeah. fighting and smoking cigars. So it's like Hemingway wrote
0: stuff. very much like that stuff. And then Fitzgerald was like, him and Zelda threw giant parties and went to giant parties and were drinking all the time. And so it's like, it is yeah. these people's lives, like, a lot of the time. Which is like, yeah. I don't go out and party. I can't write about going out and partying. So. I'm,
1: I'm one of these people that can't really experience a moment. Because you're like too aware of of it. Because I'm too aware of what this thing is, right? Like when something that's which is bad, because it means like when if like a friend or like a girlfriend is emotional about something. I'm like, this is like a scene in a film in my head. And I'm like, I should stop doing that. I need to like experience the moment and be sincere and genuine, which I am. But like, like, like when you go to a party and they do small talk and they talk about the weather i'm like kind of smiling because i'm like we're doing that thing where we talk about the weather (laughs) when you have a small when you have small talk so it means that yeah so it means that like um i can't i feel like i mean it's good in some ways because it means that you can be kind of funny or like ironic and detached in your writing but if you want to do something something sincere then it's like a real effort Mm You know, something that is deeply emotional and stuff I don't think I could do. Because I'm too self, self-conscious here. Which is why when you're like, when you, when you say that you do poems that are like really emotional, right, I'm like, I can do that in a million years, I can't, the fact that you're writing about this person that you've been in love with for whatever, for ages or whatever, and it's like, oh my god, she's got guts cuts right now, I could never do that. It I'm just really
0: like, I-, I held back for a long time and then I was like, why not just open the floodgates, just put it out there, why
1: not? Like If I, if I bring it up, I just hide it behind so many double meanings and imagery <laughs> and surrealism that I'm like, only I would know. <laughs> and I kind of like that, I kind of like hiding things that, putting things in writing which only I would, only like two people would get, because mm-hmm. I find it funny. I find it amusing. It might not serve anyone else anything, um, but it, it just would tickle me. You know, <laughs> of like, oh, I know, uh, I know what's going on there. They no, don't. Um, yeah, I can do that.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's one way. You can either do it like I'm gonna stay over here. The reader can be over there. Maybe they'll cross the bridge. Maybe we won't. And then I like to be like, here's everything on the table. Try and figure out what any of that means. Like,
1: it's yeah. it's all just there, in a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, when, like, also, when, like, you make it as, like, convoluted and mysterious and impenetrable as possible, right? And then you go, there. And then you go, what do you think? And then they go, and then they go, uh, yeah, I think what I get from the, the, the narrator in this, uh, or, or, like, or what I get from this, this person is very, very sad and alone, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you no, can I'm see fine. straight through me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, fuck, I send it back. <laughs> <laughs> see,
0: it's good that they I'm said like, the narrator and not like you are. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes they do that yeah. when it's like people like, are reading your yeah. writing and it's like, no, I'm doing this in character, because sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm writing from a yeah, character exactly, perspective. Yeah. And sometimes I'm writing from me <laughs> and I'm like, don't attack me like this. This isn't about me. But it probably is. But it's it's not about me, I swear. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I'm just like, oh, did that really come across like that? Did it? I I didn't mean it to. Oh, there I need to I need to change these things. Yeah, that's always worrying. Um, but um, yeah, I. But then whenever that happens, I always say I always go, I was go, Oh, it's interesting uh, that I conveyed the character that way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's you like, say they must not know. They must <laughs> not know. They must not know. <laughs> uh,
0: Gotta convince yourself. You're like, <laughs> it's fine. It's all <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I. I always. Yeah. I, don't, I never know what to do when that happens. Um, but like, norm, so like, which is normally why I don't write about like a. They like, I normally just like do nonsense. You know. Uh, and then, then in, at on that level, you're basically. I, I I tend to like do external things
0: mm-hmm.
1: normally. I don't normally write about myself, um, and it, because I, if I do, I'm always too paranoid that like I'm like I'm being too uh, vulnerable, <laughs> yeah. and I, and I don't want to have that conversation with a person that knows it's me, <laughs> and there's that elephant in the room.
0: I remember when I first started posting stuff, especially on, like, Instagram, like, people would, like, message me, like, are you okay? Like,
1: <laughs> are you good? <laughs> and
0: I was like,
1: yeah, oh, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm dying, dying like,
0: I am great. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Same thing on, like, Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr was bad, like, where I first started, like, posting stuff, like, before I even put it, like, anywhere else. because um, sometimes I'd just have really long, like, um, it wasn't even, it was before I, like, started putting them into, like, poetry form, I would just make, like, a really long, like, text post. That's mostly just for like me to like vent and then people would be like are you okay and i'd be like yeah i'm just getting out some feelings it's fine <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah just this silly thing called my life and feelings that yeah. I like.
0: it's the internet's yeah, fun no. where like everyone can see in and you can't tell who's on the outside of the glass and they knock and they're like are you good in there and it's
1: like yeah i'm yeah. fine which is what like i like i write about like like i satirize or critique like society and that way, I'm like, I'm a, I. I don't have to deal with my stuff. Or <laughs> so you're the no guy on the outside, knocking
0: mine. on the glass, being like, "Are you guys okay in there?"
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you like, need to be
0: the other way around. That's fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm like, yeah, and then, then then they go, "Are you all right? Why are you so angry about society?" <laughs> 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 you're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because normally, because that's how I normally write essays. Uh, is I'm normally. I'm annoyed about something, and I, I critique it. Or like, n- normally it's something that is fucked up, that nobody talks about, or people are okay with it. And I want to go, no, this is really fucked up, and here's why, <laughs> <One>. <laughs> three, three, four. Um But because of that, that kind of bleeds into my writing. Um, because it means like most of my characters are always pondering, about like they're processing like their life or what's going on in their life or people or their thoughts about their th- it's always cause it's probably because of my philosophy course or whatever it's all, there's always like um it's always about like a dealing with a particular philosophy in life right it's always like a character that's like dealing with a particular ethos they have and then having to confront it right normally normally it's that um, but which I didn't know to, I didn't link, I didn't realize that until much later. And I was like, Oh, my essay writing is is affecting my fiction writing mm-hmm. because I'm being, I'm like, my characters critique a lot of things, and I and I always order things like a debate, you know, like of point evidence, you know, what's, what's the thing point evidence analysis refer back to the question, famous, you know, essay structure, ED. you know, let's say you have thoughts about a particular thing right um sometimes it's frustrating because it's just this big mess in your head right and you don't know where you are and you constantly are, you constantly forget about certain things or you you don't know where you are in relation to everything else and it's all jumbled in your head and you can't organize it a
0: mm-hmm.
1: good thing about an essay is when you kind of compile all those thoughts and feelings into like succinct paragraphs Right, and it's so. Then it feels like cleaning a bedroom or something. Do you know what I mean? Or that it's kind of tricky initially to like manage all that stuff. But then when you've organized everything, it feels like really satisfying and ordered. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's best way I can think I can describe it. And then then you can like in, enjoy the way you in what order you do your points that you're like, oh, these two points are related to each other, if they can see together, that'll be quite enjoyable to read because there'll be a flow. Like, if you do two points that are completely unrelated to each other, it's kind of jarring for the reader. So, yeah, so then you're like... And then, do you know I mean there's and There's like a kind of a artistry or an intricacy in ordering them in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So that, almost like a script writing thing where you structure certain scenes together. Because, like, if you imagine, like how a film is going like on a graph and you want it to flow in a certain way right so then you order scenes in a way which is the most enjoyable i suppose and the most satisfying or like you i don't know you listen to an album like how they order the songs is is important that you can't have too many slow songs and too many fast songs Mm. like in big chunks you need to like distribute them so that you go on like a journey um, that's why I was like doing when I do essay writing because you can play with like the the journey that the person goes through, I suppose, and that, and that's enjoyable to like control that you know mm-hmm. and organize that way. Uh, yeah, I, I got into essay writing because of Christopher Hitchens, who's like probably one of my favourite writers ever. Uh, uh, he no, he was a whiskey drinker and smoker. <laughs> Uh, and he was like very he's one of these people that knew like every book on the planet basically and he would do loads of debates on youtube uh and he was a kind of a contrarian he would always argue he would always argue against the grain basically so like he would he would write polemical pieces which where he would critique a public figure and the figure was always a person that everyone loves Mm -hmm. but he would go no here's why they shouldn't be as loved as much as he So like, for example, he wrote a a critique called Mother Teresa, right? Which is famous, she's famous for being, what, a really nice charitable person? Um, But in his book, The Missionary Position, right, (laughs) which, you know, uh, he goes through an argument of, like, here's why she isn't a good person. She did this, she did this, she did this, Uh, she, you know, she, as an example, she spent her entire clerical campaign against birth control right uh which count which meant that i think there was like a, a country in africa which uh a disease had a disease had almost completely gone mm-hmm. but then she visited the country and said you shouldn't use condoms and that disease then came back in full force when it was almost disappeared um money that you know donations that were sent to her uh weren't going towards poor people but were going into uh, spreading her brand around the world uh she said she's quoted as saying that um, she thinks it's good that people are poor because it brings them closer to Jesus <laughs> like things like like she's shes she's done really weird stuff um, but yeah he would always like try and look at it from the other perspective and then argue for that I seem to be in terms of cinematography with comedy I tend to I tend to warm towards um, shitty quality mm-hmm. looks so you like clerks clerks is all right <laughs> <laughs> clerks it's, is well, like
0: as shitty as you can get it's it's black and white it's like filmed yeah. with like one light overhead and it's just like
1: yeah yeah actually yeah that's a good point like like clerks but like um like um i like kind of shaky camera and like like no like uh, the early seasons of Kirby enthusiasm that camera is okay. perfect yeah I don't know, so when so when it's something's really go- glossy and it's supposed to be a comedy, I'm kind of like, I don't know, something puts me off about it, I don't know why, I, I, I think it's linked to the thing of comedy doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. so if the cinematography is beautiful, it's like, <coughs> they're trying to be something, they're trying to be, they're trying to be, they're trying, do you know I mean, like, I don't know, they there's something, not pretentious, but like, they're putting themselves out there in a the way. That, in a sincere way, I don't know, what, I don't know,
0: like, I know how to word it. I'm like, I don't know, because I'm like, I like things that just, like, real pretty, so it's like, Wong Fu Productions <laughs> does a lot of, like, sketches that are filmed, yeah. like, with really nice cameras, and it's beautiful, and I'm just like, wow, shiny.
1: It's weird, because I, I like it only when it's, like, a drama or something, hmm. or a sci-fi or something. So you if like it to be separated
0: out into, like, just different, like, visual, like, visually, like, oh, this is, like, a comedy, this is, like, like, it has a look yeah. to it.
1: Yeah, because I, I think, like, with a comedy, the funniest comedies for me, the ones, the realistic ones, the ones that are, re- like, focused on realism. And I think the glossier the camera, the less realistic it feels.
0: <laughs> you don't like being able um, to see the faces in HD? <laughs>
1: Yeah, when it's like really pixelated and you can't notice anything then i'm like this is so realistic <laughs> uh um but like when it feels like a behind the scenes thing it felt like let's say let's say early arrested development or do you know what i mean or the office or something mm-hmm. like i like i like that look because i think that the cinematography complements the emphasizes the comedy whereas if it's a glossy camera it feels like everything's staged mm-hmm. And artificial looking. But then like if I watch Blade Runner or something, it's you're not it's supposed, supposed to think this is real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be like over the top and
0: Okay. Okay, now I think I see and, what like, you're getting a little fantastical.
1: bit, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when it's so when like they do a comedy that's really glossy, it kind of almost takes me out of it, I suppose
0: i feel like i've i've disconnected enough from like the fact that like i'm usually watching things for entertainment and like i'm not like oh this is like real life funny thing i've like disconnected enough where i'm like this is film thing that i'm gonna be like oh i really like the storyline today and it's not like i really like these just care i feel like i've gotten to the point where i probably analyze things too much like internally and
1: it's like you you see behind the curtain a bit too much yeah i think like when you understand like like i find that funny when like let's say with infinity wall i won't spoil anything um but like it's it's like um because we know how films work mm-hmm. right if something happens to someone and because we we are who we are and we're we know about films and we're adults we're like Oh, they're gonna be fine because we know that so- they still got a Sony contract. Yep. Or something.
0: It's like Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. They die. They're coming back. They're fine. Die- yeah. <laughs>
1: they're fine. Um, but, like, kids will watch it and, dev- and we'll be devastated. <laughs> they have no clue how- they, they're they not- and I wish I was like that. I wish I was like- yeah. Did- I didn't know- didn't know what, like, goes on behind the curtains there. Like, it's like my friend who's an editor says that he had a tendency when he was studying editing like when he would watch a film he could never relax and watch it because he was constantly going oh I know what editing technique they did there or they did a mistake there and it was like I just just get like
0: now that I know about editing I think I get more unsettled when I'm watching a movie and there's like a rough cut somewhere that like I feel like there shouldn't have been one and I'm (laughs) like oh what what was that like I get really unsettled like watching something if like I feel like that's not the right way to like edit it or like if a song doesn't match the tone and it's like playing in the background i'm like yeah i don't like this <laughs> sound thinking? is so important to movies it, it really freaks me out when things are not done well with sound like if it's yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's like frustrating it's sound
0: frustrating. can get me more than like anything else anything else i can live with like maybe bad audio like bad lighting like yeah bad acting lots of things but if like the sound is like weird like if they picked weird music or if like a sound effect is just like they're on these floors wearing these types of shoes it wouldn't click like that like that bothers me <laughs> yeah. or, like these my, shoes are probably squeak. I, I
1: get, I get issue, like issues with pacing in films I, I, my, the example i always give is food with, with steak right what your particular taste in the food is is subjective right you like what you like, people or like, like what they like. But, um, so then when it comes to chefs comparing their meals in a competition, sometimes people watch those shows and go, I don't care what the critics say, surely food is subjective, it's whether you like it or not. But I don't fully agree, because you can... A medium-rare steak is, an, is, a, is an objectively a medium-rare steak. So if a person goes, can I have a medium-rare steak? and one chef does it well done Mm -hmm. and the other person does it medium rare objectively the one that did it medium rare did it better you might not even like steak but it's what the intent, it's what the artist or creator intended and then how well it succeeded in doing that Mm -hmm. right? and that's kind of the most way you can weigh up something Um, but it's almost something objective about Batman and Superman and how two hours of utter disagreement can be resolved with one word doesn't make sense <laughs> and it's not like oh well it's subjective it's like no I kind of objectively that's not how anything works ever yeah <laughs> uh. like, like you can like Batman you can like Superman you can like the look of it more whatever but with the writing you can point at that and go that is a technical failure in conveying a story because nobody buys that nobody buys that they're suddenly friends because they have a name relation <laughs> like, that doesn't work uh like uh that's why when i was there because i review uh review games and tv for and film for magazines uh-huh. uh so when i'm reviewing a tv show or a game that i don't like i avoid going uh I avoid criticising it for things that are just my problem. So the best I can do is see what game it is, what it intends to do, and how well does it succeed in doing it. Which is, do you know what I mean? Like at a really base yeah. level. And then I might even go... Like what was I his intention like, yeah. in the beginning? Yeah, and then I go like, I might not like these types of games, but if you're a fan of this game, this game, this game, then you'll like this game. Uh i try i try and do that but then there's examples of like something that's not written well and then people like it and then you go i dislike it because it's not written well and then they go yeah it's that's the point it's not supposed to be written well you're like okay then well then what's (laughs) then you can get away with anything then can't you yeah yeah i always get weird confused when they say that like there's like a really convoluted storyline that doesn't make any sense right and it's not an art movie or something
0: Mm.
1: and and then you go this doesn't make sense and they go yeah yeah it's not supposed to be confusing and i'm like okay well then okay then well then you can just say it's supposed to be whatever you want yeah i find i find that weird um because I think it just, it needs to have an intention, and, an, and it, the intention has to make sense in its own context, and you have to see how well it can succeed. Mm-hmm. And you also have to consider, are there ways they could have succeed, could have um, achieved what they intended better? So, for example, on a base level, they're trying to do a really emotive scene that's really sad, right? If you... Made the movie, and in the background, there's like the entertainer as music, right? Or like the you know, the circus theme that circus song, I forgot what it's called. It's a sad scene, but that's in the background. Objectively, that's a bad choice for a song because you're supposed to be sad, and doing that song with this scene won't make you sad, mm-hmm. it will make you like laugh or be confused. So objectively they did a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, well anyway, that's why what I try and do when I'm considering films. Try and boil it down to its base bones. Like, what can I say about it? That doesn't involve what my own personal tastes are. Uh, yeah. It's tricky to do that though, of course. Yeah. It's hard to say nice things about something you clearly don't like. <laughs> I like irony and I like doing something deliberately bad but in a comedy comedy way is mm. in a way you're bulletproof because if you do something sincere that you want to be good and you know authentic and real but it's trash you've got nothing to fall back on you did something trash and people know it's trash and you mm. can't say I was joking you did it sincerely and it's trash right so to avoid that risk I, as I said I always make stuff where it's like supposed to be bad but in a comic but comedically okay <laughs> so then I'm, then I'm kind of bulletproof but then at the same time i have this yearning to like that's cowardly i'm not putting myself out <laughs> something. do something, there. Do something yeah, to not...
0: embarrass yourself and then meanwhile i'm like i love embarrassing myself at this point like my entire <laughs> life is on the internet i embarrass myself daily that is entirely what i want to do and just be like
1: i don't care anymore that's why i avoid doing emotional poems because i'm like i don't want my family to read this and then when i talk to them there's this elephant in the room of i read that really personal intimate thing about you and we're acting like you didn't write it or i haven't read it you know and we don't address it and instead we talk about the weather (laughs) uh yeah uh you know, like, do you ever do, you, like, it's like a bit like when you, I don't receive compliments well, like when hmm. somebody compliments you to your face, do you get like, Stop! Stop! I'm <laughs> like, I was kind of like
0: thanks... Yeah, you don't, feel,
1: you don't feel like, oh, amazing like, oh, about <laughs> it, you just feel awkward and weird. Like, yeah, that's how I feel. it's like, oh, you're yeah.
0: observing me as an individual, I'm not completely dissociated from my body, and how I feel like in that bubble over there, I'm not actually over there, you're seeing my actual body, that's weird.
1: Yeah. So like so like if I write a poem that's really emotional and personal and then somebody read it and then we're like, That poem really touched me, I can take it seriously, I'd be like, Thanks. It's like <laughs> like oh,
0: I Glad you felt something. I'm just like, Thanks, glad you enjoyed That's usually what I say to people and I don't know what to do after that I'm like
1: Yeah. But then it's almost like you're dis you're doing this cognitive dissonance of being two different people. The one that cries and writes poetry and is unleashing all these emotions, and then the person that's ironic and detached and meaning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I it's am. Like, both. I can't.
1: <laughs> I can't. Put, I can't connect the two. I can't connect the two. <laughs> so then I just avoid the gushy stuff altogether. Just do the meaning. Um, that's why I'm. That's why, like, if I ever do it, write anything poignant, at, like at all i always have to undercut it mm. with like a joke like to go uh i'm just joking guys it's me don't worry i'm just, I'm just you know i'm not i haven't lost myself as like you know a poet <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm still i'm okay I'm okay i know that 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 last sentence was very you know i don't know fancy <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I think that's also like a thing that like I worry about with like grad school is like I'm not like I'm not a serious poet. Like I'm a I'm a person who does writing and things, but then I also do goofy stuff like all over the place and like those yeah. are the people that I am, the person that I am. So it's like you gotta accept those yeah. layers that don't necessarily mix together well. <laughs> it's just
1: Yeah, but then I, I, I with like um essay writing or whatever or well, like, I suppose one theme that's my style is I tend to like mix like mix the highbrow with the lowbrow all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, I'll like like in terms of dialogue or something, I'll get a character. I'll the character will say something that seems seems quite posh, and like, eloquent. But I'll get them to. I'll mix that up with them using like millennial slang <laughs> at the same time. So it like, it, there's like a kind of a nice, uh, uh, like, um, yeah, so there's kind of like a nice juxtaposition or something. Um, uh, so yeah, like, or like, yeah, as I said, like if I'm doing an essay, I'll like, um, use like a really el- like elaborate word, right? Or be like really deep and philosophical. But then I'll undercover it, uh, un, un, uh, like um, I'll undercut it with a uh, feels bad man or something, right? <laughs> or whatever, you know, because um, then it's like, oh, he's aware of what he was doing then. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't up his own ass. <laughs> he, he was doing it deliberately to do a joke. Interesting. Um, I find it know? interesting
0: that you mix that into the essay writing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I'm too self-conscious about being too, <laughs> too like sincere or too, I don't know, uh, expressive or, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> then I've just used that as an advantage, I suppose, well. mm. like playing with it or being funny or something. Yeah.
0: That's definitely one way to use your disadvantages. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's suppose it that is.
0: Did you want to like plug anything? Do you have anything that like you actually like any writing or any website that anything you want to do that you want to share?
1: I write my online stuff that's available is uh, on a online magazine called vulturehound.co.uk uh, I regularly post stuff on there. Um, and uh, there's a physical magazine I write for called Geeky Monkey where I review video games. I've got a, a blog which I haven't actually added to because i i did the blog to then send to magazines as an example like a as a portfolio basically mm-hmm. so then when i eventually got given the job to write magazines i didn't feel the need to write for the blog because i would have written what i would write for the magazine i would have you know like what i'd write on the blog would i would write for the magazine anyway so yeah but I, I do have stuff there uh and the blog is called what's wrong with edam yeah so those are the things that i that i i write for and do so oh, cool. I'm a player and i play of watching steam
0: if you would like to be on a future episode of the creative nonsense podcast please fill out the survey in the description below